Verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him. What's going to happen? He will direct your path. Here's another verse about the path. But you notice how it started? Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You see, you don't trust God with your head. You don't trust God with your brain. You trust him where? With your heart. And if you're, if you're looking closely here, you'll notice he showed you what the very opposite of that was. What's the very opposite of trusting in the Lord with all your heart? Leaning on your own understanding. I like that word leaning. Doesn't it paint a picture for you? Can you imagine somebody leaning up, leaning against this wall over here? If you're leaning up against a wall, what are you doing? You are trusting it to hold you up. You're, you're putting your weight and depending on it to sustain you, to keep you standing up, right? And he's saying, don't, don't lean, don't depend on your own understanding. What's the opposite of that? You're going to have to trust the Lord. You're going to have to trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. And then coupled with that is this. Acknowledge him in how many of your ways? All, all of them. Acknowledge him in all your ways and what will happen? He will direct your path. Help me out, church. If God is the one directing your path, which road do you end up on? Do you end up on that road to death? Do you end up on the road to destruction if God is the one? No, come on. If God's the one directing your path, you end up on this road that not only leads to life, it's got life all the way down it. If he's the one directing your path, that's the road you end up on. Now, here's the problem. There is this huge misconception, uh, misconception in the body of Christ. And you hear it said all the time. You ever heard anybody say this? Well, God's got a plan. Come on, help me, church. Anybody, you ever heard anybody, any preacher ever say, well, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. Well, that's a true statement. But people say it, and the implication is that whatever's happening must be the plan. People say, well, God's got a plan. And what they're saying is all this junk that's going on in your life, all this pain, all this problem, uh, all this lack and, and, and whatever you, you don't have, all that, well, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. And the implication is that everything that's going on is this plan of God. But what did the scriptures say? What did Jesus say? There's two roads, man. There are two roads. One's got life on it. One's got death on it. Does God have a plan? You better believe it. But let me ask it to you like this. Is everybody on this planet living a life whose steps are being directed by God? No. No. He will direct your path. If, what was the first part of that? Trust in him. Lean not to your own understanding. And here's the big one. Acknowledge him acknowledge him. In the, in the next couple of minutes, this is what I want to focus on. What does it mean to be established in faith? How do we become established in faith? It starts 
with acknowledging Him. Who is God able to direct? Everybody? No. Only those who will acknowledge Him. This is how you get Him directing your path. It starts with acknowledging Him. Just take it back to that moment when you made Jesus the Lord of your life. You walked the course of this world. What happened when you acknowledged him? You were dead in trespasses and sins, but you acknowledged him. You said there is a God. You said there is a Savior. You called Jesus Lord. You believed in your heart that God had raised him from the dead. You confessed with your mouth that Jesus was your Lord. You acknowledged him. And what happened? He began right there redirecting your path. You got on a new path. Where did it start? Acknowledging him. Now here's the deal. However much you want God directing your path is determined by how much you're willing to acknowledge him. Whatever degree you're willing to go in acknowledging him, that's the degree he's willing to go in directing every step that you take. Now, you can, you can take what it means to acknowledge God, and there are varying degrees of it all across the spectrum. You have got many, most of this world, who does not acknowledge that there is a God. Most of this world is not in agreement with you and I. They do not acknowledge that there even is a God. So what do we know about that? What do we know about them? Is God actively involved in their lives, directing their paths, steering them towards life? No. Why not? Why can't he? Simple. They fail to acknowledge him. But then you've got believers like us who have acknowledged, hey, wait a second, there is a God. And just that simple acknowledgement begins to open the door to him being able to direct and redirect your steps and your path. But sadly, many people, many Christian people, stopped acknowledging him way back on Salvation Day. It's almost as though they made Jesus the Lord of their lives and said, thank you so much. I'll take it from here. Now, if you're willing to acknowledge him and make Jesus your Lord, glory to God. He can start right then. You're on a new path. You're on a path that leads you to eternity in his presence. And man, that is wonderful. But what did he say here in this proverb? Acknowledge him in all your ways. Most of the body is not acknowledging him. Then you get over to the strange group of people like us who's like, man, we want God all up in our business. And we acknowledge him in the morning. We acknowledge him at noontime. We acknowledge him when the sun goes down. We acknowledge him when we sit down to a meal at the table. We acknowledge him at the birth of our children. We acknowledge him when it comes time to be in a relationship. We acknowledge him all along the way. God, are you in this? God, is this your plan? God, I know you got a will. God, I know you've got a good plan for my life. I just want to know it. What are you doing all this time? Acknowledging, acknowledging, acknowledging. God, I know you're powerful. God, I know you're willing. God, I know you're able. Father, I got this job offer over here on the other side of the country. Uh, are you in that? It's a good raise, Lord. It's like 20 grand more a year, but I ain't going if you ain't going. I need to know, is this your plan? I need to know, is this your will? 
Father, there's this house over here. And man, you know we need a house, Lord. You know it better than we do. And it looks good. Is this you? Oh, that's not you? You don't want it? I don't want it. This is acknowledging him. Acknowledging him. In, in relationships, in our marriage, in our families, acknowledge him, acknowledge him, acknowledge him. And whatever degree you're willing to go to, to invite him into it, acknowledge him in it, that's the degree he's willing to go to in directing every single step that you take. Acknowledging him. Now I want to show this to you as an example in the scriptures. Go to back to the Old Testament with me to the book of Daniel. This thought occurred to me yesterday. Do you know what happens when God is directing your steps, every step that you take? You want to know what happens? You end up, check this out, in the right place. At the right time. Doing the right thing with the right people. How'd you get there? Because that's a very, very specific place. Are you kidding me? That is a very specific location. The right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. I mean, most people at best are getting one of those right at a time. But you and I can live in such a way that we are always at the right place, always at the right time, always doing the right thing. And it's always with the right people. How'd you end up in that place how is that even possible? Well, he had to direct you there. He had to direct your steps right to that place. And how was he able to do that? Acknowledging him. In the book of Daniel, I spent some time just going over this whole book again in preparation. We're not going to do that. Don't worry. Uh, but I was amazed to see that really from the beginning of this book, this is what Daniel's life was all about. And his life, even though I know he's an Old Testament figure, there's a lot of parallels between his life and ours. If you go back even to Daniel chapter 1, you find that God's people had been taken captive. And they'd been taken out of their homeland and brought to Babylon. Even that is us. I'm telling you, this world is not our home. And we are a part and citizens of a different kingdom. Now, I know we're walking in this world and we're living in this world, but this is not our place. It's like we're foreigners in this place. And that's what Daniel was like. He'd been taken out of his homeland and brought to this place in Babylon. But the scripture talks about him and several others who came to be known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But what it said about him was that the king picked the ones who were the best looking, the king picked the ones who had the sharpest mind, who had the most wisdom, who really kind of stood out in a crowd. And if you go back and read this, that king told his people to take three years and teach Daniel and others, teach them for three years their language, their customs, to teach them how they do things, to teach them their systems, to basically indoctrinate them into this new way of life in this other kingdom. So these guys had a real challenge on their hand. And that was to, to, as they walked through this foreign land, keep a firm grip 
on their identity and their God. Because the world and that king was consciously trying to take it out of them. Trying to take out of them who they were and cause them to adapt and transform to this new way of life. New language, new custom, new religion. And this is what Daniel was up against. And I won't take time to read the whole thing, but you know the story. They found favor. They, they, they all got promoted up to very high levels. And there was one day when King Nebuchadnezzar, he woke up one morning and had a dream the night before. And he gathered together his magicians. He gathered his soothsayers and, and, and all these different ones, the Chaldeans. And he said, here's the deal. I've had a dream. I want to know the interpretation of it. But I'm not going to tell you what I dreamed. You have to tell me what I dreamed. And you have to tell me the interpretation of it. And if you don't tell me what I dreamed, I'm going to kill all y'all. <laughs> and the magicians and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans, they said, King, this is, this is impossible. You can't ask us to do this. Now, if you'll tell us the dream, we'll tell you the interpretation. But no man can tell you what you dreamed. And he said, you're stalling. And this king, I don't know if he's just power tripping on what, but he starts killing these guys. And they're going right down the line and they're coming to Daniel. And Daniel says to the, 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 the individual, I suppose, that he worked for, he said, what, what's so urgent about this? And he explained everything to him. And he said, give me time. And he went to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, told them the whole thing. And they began to pray. What are they doing? Acknowledging, acknowledging that the only way out of this mess is God. There's no way they can come up with this on their own. How are you going to do that? How are you going to tell somebody what they dreamed? And they begin to pray and they begin to ask the Lord. And in the nighttime, the Lord gave them the answer. But here's what I want you to see. This is what Daniel said the moment he woke up, having been given the answer and told the dream. Daniel, verse 20 of Daniel chapter 2. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. He's acknowledging God. Wisdom and might are His, and He changes the times and the season. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with Him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and have now made known to me what we asked of you. For you have made known to us the king's demand. What's he doing? You did this. Wisdom's with you. Power's with you. I'm acknowledging you. There's no way I could have known this if it wasn't for you. There's no way I would have had this answer if it wasn't for you. You are the one that revealed secrets. You are the one that shows the way. It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. This is acknowledging God. This is how you get established in faith. This is how you began your walk with him. This is how you continue your, your walk with him. You acknowledge him all along the way. It's you who saved me. It's you who gave me a call. It's you who's anointed me. It's you who's given to me. It's you who's prospered me. It's you who have answered questions. It's you who's given us the way out of trouble. What's happening all along that path, all the glory's going to him. All the recognition's going to him. All the acknowledging is going to him, to him, to him. And the more the more you do that, the more he directs your path. The less you do it, the more you're directing your path. 
and you're forced to lean on your own understanding. Do you realize the, the, the percentage of the population that's letting Google direct their path? Oh, you're laughing. It's happening. Safest city to live in. Hey, we're moving to uh, whatever Google said. Where to get the highest paying job. Hey, I think I'm going to apply at Google's directing their steps. Not us. You can use your head. Absolutely. I wish more of us would. But when it comes to decision making time, where should you be leaning? Who should you be acknowledging? Your own understanding? Somebody else's understanding? No. There is a God. There is a God. Now this goes on. Uh, he told the king the dream. He told them to the interpretation of it. And evidently, he was right because it says in verse 46, then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face prostrate before Daniel, commanded that they should present an offering and incense to him. The king answered Daniel and said, truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings and the revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. What's happening? He's acknowledging God. He's acknowledging God. Now somewhere along the way, he forgot. Not Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar. Because he gets this big idea, I'm going to build this huge image. I'm going to get some musicians together. And when everybody starts playing, everybody else is going to bow down to this image. And that's what everybody did, except for three guys. Now, when hundreds of thousands of people have bowed down and they're all on the ground and there's three still standing, that sticks out. That will stand out in a crowd. And when people saw it, they immediately came to the king and complained about these three. And one of the things they complained was they said, they don't have due regard for you. You want to know what the problem was? These three would not acknowledge another God. These three refused to acknowledge some other God. And when they got hauled before the king, he said, if you don't bow, I'm going to throw you into this fire. And again, people have made stuff up about this whole thing. They've said that the Hebrew children, that, Dan, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, well, you know, if, if, you, if you don't throw it, or he, he, they said, if you do throw us in, our God will save us. But if he doesn't save us, we're not bound. That's not what they said. That's not what they said. I don't have time to preach on this whole thing, but really what they said was, if you do throw us in, we're not bowing. He's going to save us. If you don't throw us in, we're still not bowing. We're not acknowledging another God. We're not acknowledging another God. And you know the whole story, what happened? He threw them in. They stood there. There was a fourth one there. King was like, uh, one, two, three. Wait a second. And you know what happened? He called them out. He saw that God saved them. And he again acknowledged their God. That's what this whole book of Daniel is about. Acknowledging God. This is the last example I wanted to bring you to. Musicians, you guys come on up. It's in chapter 6. You know this. But it says in chapter 6 of Daniel, 
We've got a new king in place, King Darius. It says, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. Now, you know what happens here. These other rulers and authorities get jealous of Daniel and they start looking for something that they can accuse him with. But the closer they looked at his life, the less they could find. They could not find him messing up in anything. They couldn't find him making any mistakes. And they finally decided the only thing we've got to use against him is this devotion he has to his God. So they've devised a plan. It said in verse 5, we shall not find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Uh, in verse 6, they come before the king. Verse 7, all the governors of the kingdom. They're saying this to the king, the administrators, the satraps, the counselors, the advisors. We've all consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Verse 10, though, look. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. Now, here is where you decide which path you're on. I mean, think about it. It's just 30 days. It's just 30 days. In order to save my life and keep, keep myself out of the lion's den, can I just go 30 days? Are you a religious person? Yes, absolutely. You believe in God? I believe in God. Okay, well, you can't pray for 30 days or we're throwing you in the den. I needed a break anyway. Thank you. But when he knew this, he knew what was happening. He knew the decree that had been signed. What happened? He went home and in his upper room with his windows open, he could have just shut them. He could have just shut them and nobody would have ever known. But they were open. What did Jesus say was on that road to life? He said it was hard. There's pressure. There's persecution. What is that pressure that's on us as we walk that path of life? It's the pressure to stop acknowledging God. That's the pressure we're under right now in this nation and around this world, perhaps in a way like we haven't been in our whole lifetime. There are currently people working hard to pass laws just like this one. Cases are constantly coming up before the Supreme Court. This one prayed. This one talked about God. This one knelt down in a, in a football field. What's the pressure here? Stop acknowledging God. Stop. It's the same stuff that was going on in Daniel's day. Stop acknowledging God. 
And they went to the king and said, if anybody else acknowledges any other God, if anybody else petitions another God, if anybody else sees some other God other than you, O king, as their source, we're going to throw them in the lion's den. What did Daniel do? Went straight home, upstairs, opened the window, knelt down, and began to pray and acknowledge God. He knelt down on his knees three times that day. It's like, hey guys, if you didn't see me the first time, I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to do it again. And guess what I'm going to be doing tomorrow when I get up? Acknowledging God again. And acknowledging God again. And acknowledging God again. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.